What's up, world? Welcome to another episode of the Brand New Show. As you know, I am Brand New, and like always, on all podcast platforms everywhere, Brand New Show, social media platforms, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Facebook, Brand New Show, and of course, always, always, and always, uh, YouTube channel, Brand New Show, man. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode uh, tonight. It is time to do it. It is wrestling life, and it is my top 10 Royal Rumble matches. Um, so, as you know, how I like to do this, I go from 10 to 1, and I talk about each match and why they are. Now, this list is different than any other Royal Rumble matches. Now, I'm not talking about the Royal Rumble match into itself. I'm talking about the matches that happened at the Royal Rumble. That just was matches. Not the Royal Rumble match in its entirety. Just the matches, like the title matches and stuff. So, let's get into it. (sighs) Kicking off at number 10. Is The Fiend Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan. For the Universal Championship at Royal Rumble 2020. This is before the pandemic. This is for literally the, before the pandemic. Like literally like three months before the pandemic. It was the last, one of the last pay-per-views with a crowd before they went into, you know, you know, WrestleMania 36 and all this shit. And the Fiend was still the champion, which still is so fucking mind-boggling that the next pay-per-view, he dropped the belt to Goldberg, which is fucking mind-boggling. But Vince McMahon, what can I say? Um, but this match was incredible. Um, it was the strap match. Um, the Fiend versus Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan pretty much wanted to be strapped to the Fiend is, like, the craziest thing. The Fiend is probably one of the greatest modern characters we've ever seen. Bray Wyatt, as, as, if you know anything, every time I talk about Bray Wyatt, man, uh, it's so much love and respect to that man. Uh, rest in peace to one of the greatest to ever do it. Um, the Fiend character is one of the greatest modern characters in, in WWE history, man. The fact that they fucked that up, I have no idea how they did that. But this was still, to me, still peak... Uh, Fiend, I know a lot of people jumped off the bandwagon when he didn't win a Hell in a Cell against Seth Rollins. It is what it is. But to me, this was peak Fiend. And then to, you know, for him and Daniel Bryan, I think that was the robbery that really pushed, to me personally, the Fiend over the top because that was actually the robbery that Bray said really is the reason why he became the Fiend. You know, how Daniel Bryan used him a decade prior to that. Well, like, couple years prior to that now decade now but you know because it's funny this clip the clip just came out maybe like a week or two ago where Daniel Bryant kind of um joined the Wyatt family and then they went into a steel cage match against the Usos and fought um for the tag team titles and then Daniel Bryant took the took the Wyatt family stuff off and, and beat Bray Wyatt up in a steel cage so you know and then they went on and fought at the Royal Rumble that year which is the craziest shit, but this match was better. I think I like this match a lot more 
the brutality. You haven't seen a match like that in WWE in years, especially in Vince McMahon's WWE. That just didn't happen. So for that to be the caliber of a title match was pretty fucking good. I mean, that was a brutal match. I mean, it was kind of a lot one-sided, but it still was 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 good enough to for me personally to put this on the match. Daniel Bryan's one of the best wrestlers, one of the greatest wrestlers ever. And Dan, like I said, Bray Wyatt's character was just top tier. So, yeah, number 10, The Fiend versus Daniel Bryan, strap match, Royal Rumble 2020 for the Universal title. All right. Coming in. And number nine is Chris Jericho versus Chris Benoit, Royal Rumble 2001 for the Intercontinental Championship in a ladder match. This is my first WWE event I've ever went to in my life. It was on my, it was what, a couple days before my seventh birthday. So this is literally in New Orleans. I remember watching this match being hyped to watch this match and then getting a chance to sit physically be there and watch it and then going back and watch it on Peacock, you know, because putting this list together, you got to go back and watch some shit. But going back and watch this match on Peacock, man, I was like floored. I was like, yo, this shit was really that good, man. I, you forget. you I'm, I'm, Look, bro, I'm about to be 30. This happened in 2001. I'm about to be 30 in a couple of weeks, in a couple of days. So I remember this match, man. I remember getting the tickets. I remember going to the – we were in the nose, nose, nose bleeds, man. And I remember just being there with my brother and my dad and just watching this match, man. And then, like I said, going back at watching this match again, you forget how hype you were when you watched it in full focus. This was one of the best ladder matches in modern time. Like, a lot of people don't probably give it too much of a respect – you know, I've loved, um, I'm actually going to do my top 10 ladder matches, and this might be back on that list, but uh, this was one of my favorite ladder matches. And I feel like, again, like I said, like I said, being that live, you, you, at seven years old, you don't remember how like, hype he was. Then when you go watch it again, you're like, damn, yo, this match was fucking fire. I forgot why I love this so much. And it was, man. These two had a rivalry. They always fit each other. Even when it was in ECW or WCW, they always fit each other. And, and you know, this was the perfect example of it. So the latter match, 2001, Royal Rumble for the Intercontinental Championship, top tier. The next two, the next two on this list are literally both last match standing matches. <laughs> The next two, eight and seven, are both last man standing matches. Um, one is for the WWE Championship. The other one is for the Intercontinental Championship. So coming in, and number eight is John Cena versus Umaga for the WWE Championship 2007 Royal Rumble. This was peak John Cena. This beginning of the Super Cena, I guess, if you want to say. But this is before he really became all corporate Cena, where Vince was just pushing him to the moon. He still had people kind of fucking with him. And Umaga was literally the Samoan bulldozer. He was one of the greatest. What they tried to make solo, yeah, he will never touch 
what Umaga was the first couple of months of Umaga. He literally set the precedent of what the Samoan family now looks like. I know they already had Samoan family members in it, but this was the one that I remember fully. Rikishi, I never was like, oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know, but even when he came in with three-minute warning, people forget Umaga was already at WWE. He just didn't – he wasn't Umaga. He was in there with Roman Reigns' brother. They came in as a tandem. People forget that. Three-minute warning. Um, Jalen – what, Jamal and and Rosie? Yeah, Jamal and Rosie, I think was the names. Yeah. Yeah. So he left and came back as Umaga. And that was a different type of energy, man. It's crazy to think that both of those men are not even with us anymore. Damn, that is crazy. I just realized that Umaga passed and Roman Reigns' brother passed. Damn, that is crazy. Damn, man. Damn, that's fucking crazy. Fuck, yeah, man. Damn, I didn't want to make myself sad. God damn. But this was the prime example of Umaga at the time. Umaga at that time was still rolling through shit. Uh, I think I did an episode on John Cena just recently of his top 10 matches, and this was on the list. And this is why I said it might be back on my Raw Rumble list because I remember getting this pay-per-view, ordering this pay-per-view, and being super hyped for this match. And then watching it, going back and watching it, again, it's one of those, you don't remember why you were so hyped, and then you watch and you're like, oh, right, this is why I was so great. This match was perfect. John Cena was bleeding in his matches before they stopped doing the bleed shit. And Umaga literally gets choked out by a goddamn turnbuckle. <laughs> he put him in STFU and choked him out with a turnbuckle because they because Estrada popped the turnbuckle off, the top turnbuckle off, and John Cena took it and just choked him out. And that technically was the first time Umaga literally lost. I know he lost it, uh, New Year's resolution. To John Cena, but that was a roll up. Like, can you really count that as a fucking loss? This was the first time Umaga could not stand. And then on top of that, John Cena had what I think a bruised sternum or some shit, bruised ribs, some shit, because Umaga put him through a table. This match had it all, man. It was it was a great match. John Cena, like I said, when I talked about John Cena, I said the man literally picked up steel stairs and held it at John, at Umaga's head. Like I said, everything they try to make solo now, Umaga really was. Like, Umaga could not go down. Like, it was it was just one of them, man. So, it's one of my favorite John Cena matches, and it's damn sure one of the best matches of Royal Rumble history, man. So, that's why it's at number eight. But at number seven, it's another last man standing match. This one took place at the Royal Rumble in 2016 between Dean Ambrose and Kevin Owens. They fit each other. I know I talk about, like, fit, them motherfuckers fit each other. Like, good God almighty. I have never seen a Dean Ambrose and Kevin Owens match that was bad. Which goes into, I've never seen a bad Kevin Owens match. <laughs> like, like, when he's actually got the right opponent, he's always giving Roman Reigns his best matches. He's always giving Seth Rollins his best matches. He's always giving Sammy and him always have incredible chemistry. And him and Dean Ambrose used to just go at it. I have never seen two men that can just Get in the ring and just go, go. Like, them two are the best at it. And this was the perfect example. 
the last man standing match for the Intercontinental Championship in 2016. Like I said, going back and watching these matches, you got to put this list together. It's probably one of the most... Y'all know y'all got to compete in the Royal Rumble tonight, don't y'all? Like, why are y'all doing this to yourselves? This shit was so good. Both men uh, went through hell on earth. They beat the living hell out of each other. Like I said, I still don't know how the hell they competed in that Royal Rumble. I know it was the first match, but god damn, what they did to each other in that match was ridiculous. Um, Kevin Owens went through two tables to end the match. <laughs> like, it was, it was so much shit going on, man. One of the best last man standing matches probably in, in Royal Rumble history, probably in just WWE history, man. And that's another lesson I'm going to put together is the last man standing matches. This was a crazy-ass last man standing match. It was incredible. Dean Ambrose won. It was just – it was one of those those matches that you, 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 you talk about it, but when you go watch it, it's like, wow, I forgot how good this shit was. It's one of those. Coming in. And number six, just barely missing the top five. At the Royal Rumble 2022. Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. It was short, but it was good. It was good. This was probably the first time. And I'll be honest, this might be, I know Roman's had some matches, but this was the first time that Roman really felt like he couldn't out, he couldn't out, he couldn't out fight Seth. Like, he couldn't out wrestle Seth. He couldn't, he couldn't out power Seth. He couldn't just physically be better than Seth. He knew it. From the moment Seth Rollins, this, this shit was great the moment Seth Rollins came out. The man comes out using a shield music. Everybody has seen this clip. We all know how this goes. Roman Reigns is in a ring, tribal chief down. He just looks, and all he hears is the shield pop. And he just look up like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> he like, he's not looking around like, what, what the fuck is going on? And then Seth Rollins just comes out with the old chill gear. It's just like, yo, what the fuck? And Roman comes in. Then Roman comes out. The match starts. And Seth is just on Roman. Now, Roman has some early, early, you know, moments in that match. But Seth then chill bombs him through the announce table. Gets him in the ring. Uh, fog splash. You know, buckle bomb, stomp, one, two, and, and Roman kicks out of there. I was like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> well, Roman tries to go for a spear and set catches him and pedigrees him. Like, it was all oh, that match was so incredible. This is the match that Roman probably should have lost. Out of all of the matches he's been in, Cody is the one that he really should have lost. But this was the match that if they pulled the trigger on the Tribal Chief losing something, this would be the perfect one. The Usos is banned from ringside. Paul Heyman at the time was with Brock Lesnar. This is also the same Royal Rumble where Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman reunited because he gave Roman Reigns the title and he hit Brock Lesnar in the head with it. But Roman does not beat Seth. Roman kept the title, but he didn't beat Seth. Seth won this match because of DQ. 
and, and Roman then gets his payback at the end of the fight, at the end of the match with the chair shots to the back of Seth Rollins. But this was so beautiful. Like how they, the craziest shit is how they actually created this this match because that's on Raw. Roman was on SmackDown. How the fuck you get set to come to Raw? Like how the fuck you get set to come to SmackDown? Like that's on Raw. Roman's on SmackDown. But the way they built this match, they built this match with the Shield, and that was so perfect. Usually it's easier when when you have a title match. It's easier to try to like create some storyline and try to. This was easy. This was an easy storyline to create. Roman's never be set in high pressure situations. That's true. Set broke up the shield, not Roman. That's true. Set sent Roman on the path of where he's at today. That's true because he broke up the shield. And for some little validation of Set, is that Set is a better wrestler than Roman is, which is true. So it was it was a perfect setup to a perfect match. I, I, it's crazy to say this was the first match on a Royal Rumble. Think about that shit. Roman Reigns opened up the Royal Rumble with Seth Rollins. They opened up a pay-per-view, the Royal Rumble, with this. That shit sounds so crazy. That's so crazy. That, that don't happen. Coming in at number five, start off the top five, is the moment history was made. The 2000. In 17 Royal Rumble, Alamo Dome, AJ Styles versus John Cena for the WWE Championship. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be another match from that Royal Rumble on this list in this top five. Just get ready. But let's get into it. John Cena, everybody knows, at this time, was literally chasing Ric Flair. 15 title reigns at the time to 16 for Ric Flair. So we all knew eventually John Cena was eventually going to tie Ric Flair. We didn't know who he was going to do it to. He had a chance against Seth Rollins. Uh, Who else? That might have been it at the time. But AJ Styles at this time had John Cena's number in 2016. He had John Cena's number. Money in the bank. I mean, John Cena got a win and payback, but they really had to clash at SummerSlam. John Cena even came back in No Mercy and fought AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose in a goddamn triple threat match, and AJ Styles still won that match. So the Royal Rumble in 2017, nobody, I don't think anybody really thought John Cena was ever going to tie Ric Flair, especially not against no damn AJ Styles. That's a bold fucking move to pull, especially... If John Cena is going to drop the title literally the next couple weeks. That was, <laughs> I don't think people realize, like, John Cena dropped the title literally, like, the next couple weeks. Like, like a week or two later, he dropped the title to Bray Wyatt in an Elimination Chamber match? Like, yeah. And that was Bray Wyatt's first title match. Um, speaking of that, I'll be doing my Elimination Chamber ma- uh, matches coming up soon. But nobody expected it. 
sort of see this happen and then to see it in the way that it happened, one of the best matches ever, though. These two men, I talk about chemistry a lot. And again, I've said this again, is John Cena and AJ Styles had a match. It was also match. This match was on my John Cena list when I did my top 10. Because it's one of the best matches John Cena and AJ Styles ever put together. I know some people like the SummerSlam match. I love this one. It actually had more stakes. If John Cena wins, he's the 17th. He ties Ric Flair for the 16th time as a, as a champion. And if AJ Styles would have won, he pretty much continues to roll through and go into WrestleMania. So, which... WrestleMania 33, he fights Shane McMahon. I forgot how that Rob Reed story. I think it was because of... He wanted to fight Daniel Bryan because Daniel Bryan made the match between him and, and him and John Cena. But at the time, Daniel Bryan was uh, medically unclear. He couldn't, he couldn't fight. So I guess him and, Sean, him and Shane took over. I don't know how the fuck Shane ended up in that match. But it was actually a really good match. The street fight match they had at WrestleMania 33 was actually a really good match. But... Yeah, this match, though, was incredible, man. Like I said, high stakes. Two men that knew how to fight with each other. Chemistry off the damn charts. It was a great fucking match. And, of course, like I said, history was made. John Cena tying the Nature Boy Ric Flair with 16 reigns. Which brings me to match number four. Now, I'm going to tell you the truth. This is hard. <laughs> Three and four was the hardest one to really slide in, slide out, slide in, slide out. Because it was hard because I don't know which one. But again, watching these matches, I loved one a little bit more. So coming at number four, at the 2015 Royal Rumble, it is one of the greatest, again, another list I'm doing, one of the greatest triple threat matches of all time. Brock Lesnar. Versus John Cena versus Seth Rollins for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. This Royal Rumble is remembered for two things. Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Seth Rollins. The other one is the not so goddamn surprising Roman Reigns rise to power. <laughs> this Royal Rumble is remembered for two things. Roman Reigns winning. In this triple threat match. Literally, that was the whole fucking Royal Rumble. Nobody wanted to see Roman win. And everybody wanted to. And after this, everybody was like, man, anybody. Anybody. <laughs> could win this match. As long as Roman don't win the Royal Rumble. But it happened the way it happened. Anyway, it all led to WrestleMania 31 with Seth Rollins cashed in money in a bank. Anyway. This triple threat match is probably one of the greatest. When you do look back on a lot of matches in the Royal Rumble history, hell, when you think about triple threat matches, you probably think about this match. Three different styles all playing off of each other. Seth Rollins is the high flyer. Brock Lesnar is the powerhouse. And John Cena is the grizzly veteran, but can still go. It fucking worked. All three elements worked. It, Brock could overpower both men. John Cena could overpower both men. And Seth has the ability to do some of the things that, at the time, 
it fit him perfectly to do. This match was everything, man. Seth Rollins diving through the air, hitting the elbow on Brock Lesnar to break the announce table. John Cena, uh, and and you know, uh, which broke a couple of ribs on Brock Lesnar. Um, uh, John uh, Seth Rollins trying to uh, John Cena trying. Uh, Seth Rollins trying to cash in money in the bank. Well, not cash in money in the bank, but hit Brock Lesnar over the head with the briefcase, which led into the uh, uh, the F5. Um, the fans booing the shit out of John Cena the entire fight. <laughs> um, you know, this match was crazy, man. All over the place. John Cena giving an attitude adjustment to J&J Security. J&J Security taking the goddamn two German suplexes. Together, like, like it was a fucking crazy match. Seth Rollins really showed who he was in this match, man. He was this match was the Seth Rollins showcase, like, cause he just went in. This match was incredible, man. Like I said, he fit all their this all they fit each other perfectly. Probably one of the greatest triple threat matches of all time. And then how Brock Lesnar got back into that match after literally trying to they trying to put him on a stretcher. This motherfucker gets in a ring and starts the German suplex. <laughs> German suplex Seth Rollins out the fucking ring. Like I said, Seth comes back in, tries to use the money in the bank briefcase, gets caught in midair, trying to stump on, on Brock Lesnar's head, do the stump on Brock Lesnar onto the suitcase, gets caught in midair, and gets f 5 out of his fucking shoes. Like, it was just incredible. <laughs> that shit was incredible, bro. Holy shit. Yeah, that was that was that was one of the best matches I've ever seen, man. That shit was a, a, a fucking that shit was incredible, man. That shit was one of the best, man. It's just not number three, cause at number three, remember when I said Kevin Owens has chemistry with a lot of people? Yeah, coming in at number three, Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns, two thousand and seventeen Royal Rumble for the Universal Championship. Chris Jericho in a shark cage, and it's no DQ. Yeah, that sounds like a match I would like to see. This was fucking crazy. If Brock Johnson and Seth Rollins was crazy, this match took the fucking cake of crazy. This <laughs> shit was incredible. Kevin Owens setting up a fucking consecta- uh, a fucking chair set outside, and then his ass goes through it. Roman Reigns taking probably one of the most brutal fucking dumps on the head. Like, Braun Strowman literally Dump Roman Reigns, and his head hits the fucking TV mount, the monitor. Oh my, that shit was painful. Then puts his ass through a table. <laughs> Does the running power slam through a table? It was, it was, man, it was so crazy. That match was just top tier, excellent, man. And like I said, you know, this was the beginning of the Kevin Owens Roman Reigns. Put him in the ring, and they gonna just make magic match. Like it was, it was like, I would say this past Royal Rumble, the twenty twenty three Royal Rumble, was probably the worst they had. But this one was the best match I think Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns has ever had. Like this was perfect. This is probably one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. The carnage, the craziest shit that I've ever seen. Like this was one of the best fucking matches I have ever seen. Them two dudes do together, D- top tier, it was, it was, it was incredible, man, I have no idea how Roman Reigns ended up in a fucking Royal Rumble that night, that shit is crazy, 
because he took a fucking beating. <laughs> like, he took a beating in that match. I'm like, why the fuck is he in that Royal Rumble? People still need to figure that out. I have no idea how the fuck Roman Reigns ended up in the Royal Rumble when he got literally slammed on his head by with a TV monitor and ran through a table. Yeah, that I don't know how he ended up in the Royal Rumble that night. I, I, respect. Respect. Um... Now, these two matches are so hard, but it's so easy. To, it's so easy, but it's so hard. Number two. At the 2004 Royal Rumble. Triple H... Versus Shawn Michaels for the World Heavyweight Championship. Last man standing. If you figured out a pattern about the Royal Rumble, which they love to do a lot of last man standing matches. <laughs> they did one with Kevin Owens and, and, and Dean Ambrose. They did one with John Cena and Umaga. They even did one with Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns at 2021 Royal Rumble. They love a lot of, a lot of <laughs> last man standing matches at the Royal Rumble. And then they did another one. I can't remember. I think they did another one. Can't fucking remember. But oh, oh, Alberto Del Rio and Big Show. But this is the greatest of the greats. Triple H and Shawn Michaels had the greatest chemistry that can ever be seen. Yes, being friends is one thing, but the fact that them two dudes became even better enemies is perfect. This was literally like a two-year storyline. People forget that shit. This was happened. This storyline started in 2002. This shit lasted for like two fucking years. It was the birth of evolution in the mix of it. But this storyline lasted like two fucking years. And it was supposed to culminate in this match, Shawn Michaels beats Triple H at uh, in in San Antonio, his hometown, for the World Heavyweight Championship. But the ref, uh, some happened like the referee uh, uh, said both shoulders were down, so they gave the belt back to Triple H, which leads into this match at the Royal Rumble, and it's fucking phenomenal. Again, watching it, talking about it, and then going watch it is probably. The craziest shit. And that's another list I'm doing. It's my top 10 robberies of all time. This is probably going to be on the list. I'm not even going to lie. Because it fucking fits. It's perfect. These two men beat the living hell out of each other. (laughs) One of the best last man standing matches of all time. Maybe I'm crazy. A lot of people probably hear this and think I'm crazy. But this was the best last man standing match I I think I've ever seen. It, It was, it was, it was... Shawn Michaels started bleeding, then triple, then he kicks Triple H, and then Triple H started bleeding, <laughs> like, like, Triple H hits his head on a pole, and then he starts bleeding, and it just, the craziness of this match, the, 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 the back and forth, and then how the ending was, Triple H hits a pedigree on Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels gets back up, and then literally the, like, literally gets up at, like, eight and a half, not, I think eight, nine and a half, something like that, he gets up, and the moment he, Triple H sees him get up, he runs, and then he just, boom, 
Sweet Chit Music, and they both hit the ground. Like, like they both hit the ground, and they both get counted out, which is why Shawn Michaels ends up in the WrestleMania 20 match with him and Chris Benoit, because Shawn Michaels technically didn't lose, and he had the same right to the championship as Triple H did. So it was, it was, it was, it was one of the best sto- told stories, and of course, it culminates in bla- bad blood uh, in a Hell in a Cell match between these two, but. Yeah, man, this was one of those matches that you just you just fuck with. It was one of them. Coming in at number one is the reason why I actually wanted to do this list. <laughs> Coming in at number one is the reason why I wanted to do this list because I kind of knew it was number one. I I, I didn't want to just want to see if some could knock it off his pedestal, but it can't. At number one, at the 2000 Royal Rumble for the WWE Championship, at the time the WWF Championship, Triple H versus Cactus Jack, and probably (laughs) one of the greatest street fights I've ever seen in my life. Let's get into it. Chemistry is the point of this list, right? The beauty of a wrestler, wrestling matches is the chemistry you build with someone. Triple H versus Cactus Jack in the 2000s. It made Triple H, man. That shit made Triple H. More than Stone Cold, more than The Rock. This rivalry made Triple H. I cannot say this enough. Triple H and Cactus Jack were perfect together. This was the first of two matches I loved between these two. This street fight and the Hell in a Cell match they had at uh, No Way Out. Oh, my God. If I could just find two of those matches, those two matches are like the two greatest matches that can ever be seen in in wrestling history. I don't give a shit. It's two matches, but it's the two greatest matches I've ever seen in my life. Triple H and Cactus Jack, they fit each other. And this was the perfect example of it. Triple H needed an opponent to push him to mainstream, push him to the main event level. And Cactus Jack was just so easily happy to oblige. You had Triple H bleeding like a stuffed pig. (laughs) He took a, what a, a bub wire two by four to the face. This fucking got like power driven on the two by four. Like, oh my god. Like, yo, he, he spiked his head to the two by four. Yo, this shit was so crazy. It was all over the fucking place. Like, yo, it was just incredible. Cactus Jack, you know, it's not a real McFoley Cactus Jack match. If they ain't got no goddamn thumbtacks in the, in the match, it was perfect. All of this shit was great. I mean, from Triple H bleeding to Cactus Jack, it was, oh, my God. Yo, man. When Triple H pedigrees Cactus Jack and he gets up, Triple H, you got to be like, motherfucking kidding me. Like, (laughs) Triple H is like, you got to be fucking kidding me. He gets him, and then he just pedigrees to the thumbtacks and wins the match. That is so crazy. When you actually go watch um, I Am The Game, the uh the so like the WWE's thirty for thirty. If you go watch that, 
you can see the effects after the match. You hear Triple H literally say, my mom was in the front row. And when I came over the top rope, when I started bleeding, and I lift my head up, and I'm looking at my mom dead in the eyes. <laughs> and his mom is crying. <laughs> I, 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 God damn. Yo, it took like, they, they said it, it took like, what, 30 stitches, some shit like that. Like, it took like a, they had to wrap his head up because he was bleeding so much after that match. It's like, and I'm like, thank you. Because that is one of the greatest matches I've ever seen in my life. And that, that is what kept me a wrestling fan because of those matches, man. These matches keep me wrestling, keeps me as a wrestling fan. And I love doing stuff like this because this is so much fun, man. But that is my top 10 of the Royal Rumble matches that were not of the Royal Rumble match. I don't know how I'm going to frame that, but y'all know. Um, my top 10, nine Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble matches. I don't know if I'm going to write that down, but here's the list again. At number one, Triple H versus Captain Jack. Street fight for the WWE Championship. Number two, Triple H versus Shawn Michaels. Last man standing match for the World Heavyweight Championship in 2004. Royal Rumble. Number three, Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. Uh, no disqualification. Chris Jericho in a shark cage. <laughs> um, Chris Jericho in a shark cage for the Universal Championship at Royal Rumble 2017. Number four, Brock Lesnar versus John Cena versus Seth Rollins. Triple threat match WWE for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship at 2015's Royal Rumble. Number five, John Cena versus uh, AJ Styles for the WWE Championship uh, at the Royal Rumble in 2017 as well. Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins is number six for the Universal Championship at Royal Rumble 2022. Number seven is Dean Ambrose versus Kevin Owens for the Intercontinental Championship at Royal Rumble 2016. Last man standing match. Number eight is John Cena versus Umaga for the WWE Championship. Last man standing match in 2007. Number nine, Chris Jericho versus Chris Benoit for the Intercontinental Championship in a ladder match uh, in 2001. And then at number 10, to kick the list off is The Fiend versus Daniel Bryan at the Royal Rumble 2020 for the Universal Championship in a strap match. That is the list. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Be here when it happens because the Royal Rumble 2024 is happening January 27th. And you know how I do it. Right after the pay-per-view is over, it will be my rate and review show for each and every match on the calendar. Until next time, <sighs> you guys enjoy this. I'm Brian Janu. Peace. <laughs>